0: Thanks Ruth. Appreciate that. And uh, thank you music team. You can uh, take your seats. It's great to see you in church this morning. Um, uh, you made the right choice. being To come to church today, you made the right choice. And it's great to see so many people here today. Um, I just really pray that um, as you hear the word this morning, that it's, it'll change your life. It'll change Your heart, it'll change your destiny. It'll change your experience of life uh, from this day forward. I I honestly believe that if we take on the Word of God, it'll change us from the moment we accept it, and from from that day on. And so, the message we're going to talk about today—it's going to be a relief for some of you today. Your shoulders are going to drop. You're going to say, "Thank goodness! I was doing it one way, but I see." The way that I should be doing it and it's going to give such relief and strength to you and and it's going to set you on a course of change and growth for the future do you uh do you want that today do you want that do you want to as a Christian do you want to grow and change do you want to take on the things that Jesus says we can take on in our lives do you want those things to be a part of your life I want them to be a part of my life when I read the Bible, I see so many promises, and I don't want to stay the same f- throughout my life. To me, is, is such a distasteful thought. I couldn't think of anything worse than to be who I am now for the rest of my life. Nothing happened, nothing changed. I, I, I don't want that. I'm sure you don't want that. Well, Matt, unless you are perfect and you're like, hey, I'll stay the same the rest of my life. Well, that's good for you. But I'd say for most of us, it's probably not that. We're not experiencing that right now. So if you've got your Bible or your phone or whatever you use to read your, the Bible on, go to Romans chapter 7, uh, verses 21 to 24. Who will save me? So, I've, so I'm just going to move this. Hello to all our um, people online joining us on the podcast and the, uh, and the live stream. It's good to have you on board. Um, so it says in Romans seven twenty-one to 24 so I've learned this rule when I want to do good evil is there with me in my mind I'm happy with God's law but I see another law working in my body which makes war against the law that my mind accepts the other law working in my body is the law of sin and it makes me its prisoner what a miserable man I am Who will save me from this body that brings me to death? So the writer here is talking about a principle in life. He's he's talking about the Jewish law, but it relates to anything we understand about God or know that God wants us to change into and to become. Any good thing we know that we should be or should do or should think or should say, it relates to that and hearing that. And understanding that and knowing what God wants of us. And so this writer, he's frustrated. He's like, I hear this, what God wants of me. I understand it. I see this stuff that I want in my life. But when it comes to actually getting it in there, me becoming what it says, he finds this total frustration and ill ability to step over the line and see it become a part of his experience. And And don't we all feel that at different times but um and so this this old this old testament that he's referring to in the old testament the the israelites um as you would might know they went through the red sea they were saved out of egypt they came through the red sea god parted the waters symbol of our baptism and salvation brought them into another land and then he said right here's the promised land And I want you to take this land. I want you to occupy this whole land. Every area, I want it to become yours uh, in totality. Don't leave anything living, nothing. It's going to be total annihilation. You've got to have total victory and total occupation of this land. And that's a picture of us today. Jesus saying, here I've laid out before you in my word what I have for your life. I've laid out the promises. I've laid out everything you can walk in. You can read it from width to breadth, length, height, depth. It's all contained in my word. That's what I want for your life. And he's saying, I want you to have total victory. I want you to have totally occupy that area. And so as they went into this land, some victories came easy and some took a bit more time. Some victories were just won outrageously easily. The enemy just disintegrates. And they just take control of that area. Others they had to fight for and and go in a number of times until they won that area. And and we'll find that in our own life. Some things Jesus will just take out of our life instantly. There might be an issue. There might be an addiction. There might be something that you you want out of your life and you come to Jesus and bang, it's just gone. I don't feel like drinking anymore. I, I don't feel like touching that anymore. I don't feel like looking at that anymore. It's just totally gone. But then there's other areas when it, it, they linger and they stay there a bit longer. And it, and it was a process for these Israelites to take that full possession. It didn't happen instantly. They didn't have any A-bombs back then. they just nuke the place and walk in. They had to do hand-to-hand battle and it was a process and it took time. And so, and you also read in there that they, there were so many times when they compromise or they don't do it exactly right or they fail. And so... The land isn't occupied as it should be. There's still enemies there. There's still compromises. There's still bits that aren't taken. And we don't want that in our lives. Jesus wants to have that full area totally occupied by his spirit and by his power. And so let's continue to believe God for total victory in every area of our life. And so these Israelites, as they're going into this land, they'll take an area and then they'll set up camp. And then they'll, for a little while, they'll be in camp and then they'll move on and take another area. And there's a point when they're camped, and God says, You've been at this camp long enough. It's time to move on. It's time to take another area. And maybe you've won some victories in life. Maybe you've seen God do things in your life, but you're at a point now, and God is saying to you, Great, you've enjoyed that. You've enjoyed what I've done in your life, but now it's time to break camp and move on. There's other areas. There's other places you haven't explored yet, other places you haven't seen in me yet. I can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or imagine. And so don't settle for partial occupation. Don't settle for, 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 the, for what is not the fullness of what I have for you and what I, and what I show you in my word. And so we, we want to be saved and we in fact, we must be saved. Jesus spoke a certain parable about wise and foolish builders. In Luke 6, verse 47 to 49, I will show you what it is like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching and then follows it. It's like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against the house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house without a foundation, when the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse collapse into a heap of ruins. So I don't want to be someone, I know you don't either, that collapses in ruins when, when the flood comes, when the storm comes into my life. I want to have stability and strength and we must have that. As Jesus coming back draws closer and closer each day, you're going to see things in the world the The storms that we see outwardly are going to increase. the difficulties are going to increase it, it says as um, uh, like a woman in birth pains, it increases up until the point when Jesus comes back. so we must have stability we must have strength it 's not an option um, but the way we do it is very it 's very important how we do it. We want to do it wisely, not foolishly and so there's areas in our life that we see that we know aren't like Jesus wants them to be. We know they're not what we see in the word. And and you could, we could name hundreds of things where what we experience or our thoughts or our mind or our actions don't match what God wants for us to walk in, how he wants us to think, how he wants us to act. And I don't need to... Tell you, or you know, God's already speaking to you daily about these areas. If it's open to his spirit, he's already saying, he's already, these are, those areas identified simply by reading the word and saying that doesn't match in my life. But sometimes try as we might, it seems impo- an impossible bridge to cross, to get from one side to the other. It seems impossible to be saved. And so Jesus says in Luke chapter 17 3 to 5 so watch yourselves if your brother sins rebuke him and if he repents forgive him if he sins against you seven times in a day seven times comes back to you and says i repent forgive him the apostles said to the lord increase our faith increase our faith see what jesus has just told them is incredulous to them they are like are you for real what are you talking about? See, the law had told him up until this point, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. If your brother does this to you, will you rightfully do it back to him? That's fair. But Jesus is saying, no, no, no. We're going to a different realm here. He's saying, if he sins against you seven times, you're forgiving him. I want to see endless forgiveness in your person and in your character. Endless forgiveness. And so the disciples are like, increase our faith. Like we can believe for some things, but you're saying, you're going to do that in my life? You're going to make me, you want me to be like that? They're saying, increase our faith. And I don't know about you, but some things, you know, in some ways it's easier to believe God for other people or for certain issues, believe someone to be healed, their arm to, broken arm to be fixed or something, than to believe that, hey, m- me, I can be changed. I can go from one person to another. This thing that's in my life that I don't want there can be removed. And, And Jesus is saying it can, definitely can. And there's a foundational key to this process and change that's so simple. It's so simple, but it's so easy to move away from. And it's Jesus, quite simply, trust and confidence in Jesus and his spirit in our lives. It says in Romans 11:36. For him of him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. See, for he, to him be the glory forever. He gets the glory for everything. He gets the glory for saving us. He gets the glory for changing us. And so after, immediately after they say, "Lord, increase our faith," Jesus responds to him, and he says, "If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to, say to this mulberry tree be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. So there was this mulberry tree obviously near where they make this statement. It, it would, it, no doubt it was a big tree. It'd been there for decades probably. and Jesus is saying this tree can be uprooted out of this ground and thrown into the sea if you have faith. He was talking about literally, but he was also talking about it uh, metaphorically, I suppose, in our own lives. He's saying, because he's, he's referring to this statement of you need to forgive constantly. And so he's saying, look, there's this thing in your life that might be deeply rooted in the ground. It might have been there for decades. It, it's, it's so entrenched in your, in your very being. And he's saying, if you have faith, that thing can be ripped out of your life and thrown into the sea. Ripped out of your life and thrown into the sea. And you can live in the blessing and the, good, and the goodness of having that out of your life and living in, in the Word of God and what He wants for our lives, which is so much better. And so the par- in the parable of the wise and foolish builders, the difference between one builder and the other is one builds on the foundation, the other builds on the sand. One comes to Jesus, the other one hears the words and tries to put them into practice himself. One of them builds with Jesus the other builds alone. See, the foundation is Jesus. And one person is wise. They hear this and they, and they hear the word of God and they say, Jesus has to do this in me. I'm going to build on Jesus. I'm going to trust in his salvation. I'm going to ask for his spirit. I'm going to unite with him. And he's going to build this with me. He's going to co-labor with me. And we're going to get this building done. And we're going to build it well. The other guy says... I hear the Word of God, I reckon I can do that. I reckon I can put that into place. Just watch me go. And they too, the houses looked outwardly similar, but when the storm came, then it was shown how they had built. So don't be foolish. Don't try and just hear the Word of God and, and try and input it into your life in your own strength. You're going to fail. You might have some dodgy shack set up on the sand, but it's not going to last. And so... He will save us. It seems impossible, and yet he will save us. He will save me, he'll save you. He says in Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30, "'Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, "'and I will give you rest. "'Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, "'for I am gentle and humble in heart, "'and you will find rest for your souls. "'For my yoke is easy and my burden is light.'" Don't we live in a day and age when people are burdened and weary? And Jesus is saying, come to me and, and, I'll, and I'll give you rest. See, Jesus knows our condition and he knows the solution. The solution is himself and faith in him and the work of his spirit in our lives that will be yoked to him and be taught by him and be transformed by him. That's That's the solution. And, he go, and and Jesus told another story uh, to the multitudes and to his disciples, the scribes and Pharisees sit on Moses' seat of authority, so observe and practice all they tell you, but do not do what they do, for they preach but do not practice, they tie up heavy loads, hard to bear, place them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not lift a finger to help bear them, and so there's Jesus is saying, come to me, I'm gentle and humble in heart, you'll find rest for your souls. But he contrasts it with the Pharisees and religious people of the day. And they were people that they felt like they had got uh, some of this morality built into their lives. They felt like, hey, I'm doing this area. Uh, Whatever area it was, Hey, I'm praying, I'm doing this or that or the other. And what they did with other people is that they'd judge other people and they'd put that on them. And say, this is what you must do. You must do what I'm doing. Because I'm so good. I'm so moral in this area. I'm so righteous in this area. And they'd load people harshly with burdens that they couldn't bear. And Jesus is saying, they're speaking the truth, but they're not helping anyone. They're just loading you down. And he says, come to me. I'll, I'll teach you what you need to do. I'll preach to you, but I'd also walk with you. I'll also yoke you to myself. I'll carry the heavy weight. I'll pull the the load, you just unite yourself with me and I'll help you to achieve those things. He doesn't leave us on our own. And he saves us from the inside out. So if we give ourselves to Jesus daily and regularly, he does the changing. In Hebrews 10, 15 to 17, and the Holy Spirit also testifies that this is so. For he says, this is the new covenant I will make with my people on that day, says the Lord. I'll put my laws in their hearts and write them on their minds. Then he says, I will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds. What a great covenant. The covenant that Ruth was talking about in communion. The new covenant. I will write, put my laws in your heart and write them on your minds. So he transforms us from the inside out. See, where there's a, a heart is unrenewed, or unregenerated, then any external commandment will trigger an internal rebellion. It'll trigger the opposite reaction to what it should trigger. That's what Paul is talking about. He's talking about these external commandments that trigger an opposite reaction from within me. And so Jesus is saying, this new covenant, I'll put your law in in your mind and in your heart so it's going to come from within you from the inside out there'll be a willingness in you you there'll be a desire in you there'll be it'll come out of you it won't be imposed on you from the outside but it will come willingly from the inside and so thinking and speaking and doing the commands of God must come from within us it must come willingly from our heart and then be apparent apparent in our lives and I don't know what you I don't know about you but there's Areas where I hear the word, but the response isn't right in me. I don't get the correct response when I hear that word in a certain area. And and, and that needs to change. And, and Jesus says he will change that. He will change that from the inside out. So the correct response when you hear something and you know that you're not doing it, you know that the correct response isn't, I'll try harder, I'll I'll just try as hard as I possibly can to do this. The correct response is, Jesus, this isn't in my heart. I need you to change this from within me, from the inside out, and then I'll be changed, and then I'll be able to do it because I can't do it in, on my own. And so he says he'll save us completely. In Ezekiel eleven nineteen 19 to 20, I will give you singleness of heart and put a new spirit within you. I'll take away your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. So you will obey my decrees and regulations. Then you will truly be mine. And I will truly be yours. In in, in Hosea 10 to 12. I said, plant the good seeds of righteousness and you will harvest a crop of love. Plough up the hard ground of your hearts. For now it is time to seek the Lord. That he may come and shower righteousness upon you. So those hard areas of your heart. There's... I know there's areas in there, there just is, just there's hard areas in our heart and it's time for us as, as One Heart Church to, to say, to get those areas ploughed up, to get them softened, to give ourselves to God and say, God soften this area in my heart, make this a heart of flesh, give me singleness of heart where all of me desires and loves to obey you, all of me is involved in, in, in obeying what you're saying and your word. Give give that to me. It's time to do that. It's time to seek God and see those areas changed that we maybe have, haven't changed for years, but they will. And so the end, of, end result of being transformed by Jesus isn't just moral uprightness. So it's not just, it says, harvest a crop of love. So it's not just for our benefit. Yes, we benefit. Yes, when we're conformed to Jesus' image, we have joy in that. We find satisfaction in that. It blesses and helps us heaps. Um, and, but it's not just about that. The, the whole purpose of it is about love, is for us to grow in love. It's a heart and purpose like Jesus, living for others, seeking and saving the lost, discipling others, building the kingdom. That's the whole purpose of this transformation in our lives so that we become like Jesus, take on his character, his mind, and his motivations. That's key to, to our transformation. It's not just that we would feel better about ourselves. And so I'll get the music team to come up. I don't know about you, but there's unplowed areas of my heart that hear the word but don't respond right. These unfruitful areas they need plowing, softening by Jesus. And they must be ploughed and softened and become more fruitful. There's no other option. We must become strong in the Word. We must build this into our lives, but we must do it in the right way. The good news is Jesus will do it for me, and He'll do it for you. He'll lead us along the road of increasing productivity. He, we fit so well to Him, and He has unlimited strength to pull the weight by His Spirit, unlimited strength. We just need to unite together with him and he'll take us where we need to go. Charles Spurgeon said, now what is salvation? Some people think that it means being saved from going down to hell. That is the result of salvation. But salvation means being saved from the power of sin and being saved from the tendency to sin, as well as being saved from the punishment of sin. And so what a relief that it's not up to me to get this job done. I'm involved, but I'm involved to the extent that I give myself to Jesus for Him to do the transforming in my life. It's as simple and as easy as that. And so would you stand with me this morning? Who will save me? Who will save me? Maybe that's a cry in your heart. Maybe there's something in your life, and it's like you've battled with it for so long and you're just so weary of this thing. You can't stop doing it. Or you, or you want something in your life, but it just doesn't seem to get there. And you're just at the point of frustration. You're like just so fed up with yourself. But Jesus is uh, and you're like, who will save me? I've tried every program. I've asked this person, that person. Who's going to save me? It went after, straight after. The writer says this. He says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, my Lord. So a program isn't going to save you. A moral program, a moral fitness program isn't going to save you. A pastor's not going to save you. Your father or mother can't save you. Your spouse won't save you. Your friends can't save you. There's nothing in the world that can save you, but there is one person. Who will save me? There's one person that will save you, and that his name is Jesus. And so you might be here today, and you would say, This Jesus that you're talking about. You seem to be convinced that he has power to save and to change and to set free and, and to bring me into a place that I haven't experienced before in my life. He does. But you might say, I don't know him. If I'm honest, I don't know him. See, what it is to be a Christian, being a Christian isn't just coming to church. It's not just obeying some religious doctrines. It's not even praying to God and relating to God and hearing God. There's a guy in the Bible, in the book of Acts, he prayed to God regularly. He gave alms regularly. But then the apostles had to come and show him how to be saved. So it goes beyond religion. It goes beyond relationship. You have to have the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God Himself come in to your very heart and life, come into your very body. And then He trans- starts this transformation from the inside out. And He'll save you. The first thing He'll save you from is hell. We don't like talking about that nowadays, but it's the truth. And if we love If we love you today, we'll tell you the truth. And the truth is that there is a place called hell. There's a place called heaven and a place called hell. And the first thing that Jesus wants to save you from, and you need to be saved from, is that place of hell, eternal torment that never ceases to end. And the thing is, God doesn't want you to go there, He doesn't want anyone to go there. And that's why He came. He came in love, He died on the cross, He paid for every sin we've ever committed. He sent he rose again. He sent his holy spirit to help us. So he's done all that he possibly can to save us. And all he asks of us is to say we've just got to humble ourselves and say I need you. I need you to come into my life. I need your spirit to live with me. And as Ruth was saying, that marriage that marriage happens where God comes and infuses with you, in in you infuses to you infuse together, you become one flesh with almighty God. How incredible is that? The God of the universe comes and infuses and unites together in our spirits and we become a new person, born again by the spirit of God, and that's when life changes for the better and we start on this process of renewal and change. And so if you're here today and you need you need you know you need to be saved, then we're going to have opportunity right now. And I'm going to ask you That if you need your sins forgiven, you need God to come into your life to set you on this path of growth and change that you can't do on your own. And I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand right now. And we're going to pray a simple prayer to ask God into your life. And it'd be the start of an amazing journey of your life. You'll never be the same again. And you'll absolutely never regret that decision for the rest of your life or the rest of eternity. So if there's anyone here today that is in that position, just raise your hand right now and we're going to pray a short prayer and ask God to come by His Spirit into your life. Okay, thank you for that hand. We'll we'll put that prayer up now, Amy. And if you're online, if you're at home, if you've you've stumbled across this podcast in future weeks or you're watching the live stream and you say, I want that, then why don't you raise your hand in your own room or in your car or just say, Jesus, I'm saying this from my heart. So let's all say this together. Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God who died on the cross and rose again to forgive my sins. I ask that you forgive me. I give you my life and I invite you to be my Lord and Savior. Today I am born again. I trust my future into your hands. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give that person a round of applause and those online. It's an amazing choice that you made today. And maybe you're here and you didn't want to raise your hand for whatever reason. But tell someone, tell someone, I didn't raise my hand, but I said that prayer. And just ask about what, how to go about that. There's, there's so much more to know and understand and just start on that journey. And so for the rest of us here today, uh, for Christians here today that are born again, we're just going to sing through this song one more time about the power that is in the name of Jesus. And and you might be here, and you're like, I've hear, I've heard what you said, I've heard what the Bible's saying to me, and there's areas where I want changed and I need changed, but I need God to do this with me. And maybe you want to re- reaffirm afresh, you want to recommit to saying to yoking together with Jesus, to yoking together with His Spirit, instead of trying to do this on your own. And so we're going to sing through this song a couple uh, a couple of times, or part of this song, and what what we're going to do. I believe that the Spirit of God is going to touch your life. If you're sincere and you want this, the Spirit of God, as we're singing, is going to come upon you. He's going to empower you. He's going to deliver you from that issue. He's going to release you. He's going to give you hope and a future. He's going to give you strength to move forward, to become all you've called to be and to make an impact in the world around you for, the, for today and for the rest of your life. So as we sing together, Believe that today, church, and step into it. There's great days ahead. Let's sing, church.